Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The long, swelling ridges of a moorland country. I could never have found my way about, but Archie's practiced eye knew every landmark. We were trundling along very slowly now, and even I was soon able to pick up the hangars of a big aerodrome. We made Micklegill, but only by the skin of our teeth. We were so low that the smoky chimneys of the city of Bradfield, seven miles to the east, were half hidden by a ridge of down. Archie achieved a clever descent in the lee of a belt of firs, and got out full of imprecations against the Gladys engine. "'I'll go up to the camp and report,' he said, "'and send mechanics down to tinker this darn gramophone. "'You'd better go for a walk, sir. "'I don't want to answer questions about you till we're ready to start. "'I reckon it'll be about an hour's job.' The cheerfulness I had acquired in the upper air still filled me. I sat down in a ditch as merry as a sandboy and lit a pipe. I was possessed by a boyish spirit of casual adventure, and waited on the next turn of fortune's wheel with only a pleasant amusement. That turn was not long in coming. Archie appeared very breathless. "'Look here, sir, there's the deuce of a row up there. They've been wiring about you all over the country, and they know you're with me. They've got the police, and they'll have you in five minutes if you don't leg it. I lied like Billy-O, and said I had never heard of you, but they're coming to see for themselves.' For God's sake, get off. You'd better keep in cover down that hollow and round the back of these trees. I'll stay here and try to brazen it out. I'll get strafed to blazes anyhow. I hope you'll get me out of the scrape, sir. Don't you worry, my lad, I said. I'll make it all square when I get back to town. I'll make for Bradfield, for this place is a bit conspicuous. Good-bye, Archie. You're a good chap, and I'll see you don't suffer. I started off down the hollow of the moor, trying to make speed atone for lack of strategy, for it was hard to know how much my pursuers commanded from that higher ground. They must have seen me, for I heard whistles blown and men's cries. I struck a road, crossed it, and passed a ridge from which I had a view of Bradfield six miles off. And as I ran I began to reflect that this kind of chase could not last long. They were bound to round me up in the next half-hour, unless I could puzzle them. But in that bare, green place there was no cover, and it looked as if my chances were pretty much those of a hare coursed by a good greyhound on a naked moor. Suddenly, from just in front of me, came a familiar sound. It was the roar of guns, the slam of field batteries, and the boom of small howitzers. I wondered if I had gone off my head. As I plodded on, the rattle of machine-guns was added, and over the ridge before me I saw the dust and fumes of bursting shells. I concluded that I was not mad, and that therefore the Germans must have landed. I crawled up the last slope, quite forgetting the pursuit behind me. And then I'm blessed if I did not look down on a veritable battle. There were two sets of trenches, with barbed wire and all the fixings, one set filled with troops and the other empty. On these latter shells were bursting, but there was no sign of life in them. In the other lines there seemed the better part of two brigades, and the first trench was stiff with bayonets. 
My first thought was that home forces had gone dotty, for this kind of show could have no sort of training value. And then I saw other things, cameras and cameramen on platforms on the flanks, and men with megaphones behind them on wooden scaffoldings. One of the megaphones was going full blast all the time. I saw the meaning of the performance at last. Some movie merchant had got a graft with the government, and troops had been turned out to make a war film. It occurred to me that if I were mixed up in that push, I might get the cover I was looking for. I scurried down the hill to the nearest cameraman. As I ran, the first wave of troops went over the top. They did it uncommon well, for they entered into the spirit of the thing, and went over with grim faces and that slow, purposeful lope that I had seen in my own fellows at Arras. Smoke grenades burst among them, and now and then some resourceful mountebank would roll over. Altogether, it was about the best show I have ever seen. The cameras clicked, the guns banged, a background of Boy Scouts applauded, and the dust rose in billows to the sky. But all the same, something was wrong. I could imagine that this kind of business took a good deal of planning from the point of view of the movie merchant, for his purpose was not the same as that of the officer in command. You know how a photographer finicks about, and is dissatisfied with a pose that seems all right to his sitter. I should have thought the spectacle enough to get any cinema audience off their feet, but the man on the scaffolding near me judged differently. He made his megaphone boom like the swan song of a dying buffalo. He wanted to change something, and didn't know how to do it. He hopped on one leg, he took the megaphone from his mouth to curse, he waved it like a banner and yelled at some opposite number on the other flank, and then his patience forsook him, and he skipped down the ladder, dropping his megaphone, past the cameramen, onto the battlefield. That was his undoing. He got in the way of the second wave, and was swallowed up like a leaf in a torrent. For a moment I saw a red face and a loud checked suit, and the rest was silence. He was carried on over the hill, or rolled into an enemy trench, but anyhow he was lost to my ken. I bagged his megaphone and hopped up the steps to the platform. At last I saw a chance of first-class cover, for with Archie's coat and cap I made a very good appearance as a movie merchant. Two waves had gone over the top, and the cinema men, working like beavers, had filmed a lot, but there was still a fair amount of troops to play with, and I determined to tangle up that outfit so that the fellows who were after me would have better things to think about. My advantage was that I knew how to command men. I could see that my opposite number with the megaphone was helpless, for the mistake which had swept my man into a shell-hole had reduced him to impotence. The troops seemed to be mainly in charge of NCOs. I could imagine that the officers would try to shirk this business, and an NCO is the most literal creature on earth. So, with my megaphone, I proceeded to change the battle order. I brought up the third wave to the front trenches. In about three minutes the men had recognized the professional touch and were moving smartly to my orders. They thought it was part of the show, and the obedient cameras clicked at everything that came into their orbit. My aim was to deploy the troops on too narrow a front, so that they were bound to fan outward, and I had to be quick about it, for I didn't know when the hapless movie merchant might be retrieved from the battlefield and dispute my authority. It takes a long time to straighten the thing out but it does not take long to tangle it, especially when the thing is so delicate a machine as disciplined troops. In about eight minutes I had produced chaos. The flanks spread out, in spite of all the shepherding of the NCOs, and the fringe engulfed the photographers. 
The cameras on their little platforms went down like ninepins. It was solemn to see the startled face of a photographer, taken unawares, supplicating the purposeful infantry before he was swept off his feet into speechlessness. It was no place for me to linger in, so I chucked away the megaphone and got mixed up with the tail of the third wave. I was swept on and came to anchor in the enemy trenches, where I found, as I expected, my profane and breathless predecessor, the movie merchant. I had nothing to say to him, so I stuck to the trench till it ended against the slope of the hill. On that flank, delirious with excitement, stood a knot of Boy Scouts. My business was to get to Bradfield as quickly as my legs would take me, and as inconspicuously as the gods would permit. Unhappily, I was far too great an object of interest to that nursery of heroes. Every Boy Scout is an amateur detective and hungry for knowledge. I was followed by several, who plied me with questions, and were told that I was off to Bradfield to hurry up part of the cinema outfit. It sounded lame enough, for that cinema outfit was already past praying for. We reached the road, and against a stone wall stood several bicycles. I selected one and prepared to mount. "'That's Mr. Emmett's machine,' said one boy sharply. "'He told me to keep an eye on it.' "'I must borrow it, Sonny,' I said. "'Mr. Emmett's my very good friend, and won't object.' From the place where we stood, I overlooked the back of the battlefield, and could see an anxious congress of officers. I could see others, too, whose appearance I did not like. They had not been there when I operated on the megaphone. They must have come downhill from the aerodrome, and in all likelihood were the pursuers I had avoided. The exhilaration which I had won in the air— and which had carried me into the tomfoolery of the past half hour was ebbing. I had the hunted feeling once. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.